The following message from Bible teacher and pastor Jim Crabb is brought to you by Imago Day Christian Fellowship in Westchester, Ohio. I am in the book of John, chapter 20 today, and uh, I want to thank God that I don't pastor a dead church. I really, I really don't. I'm not going to let this ever be a dead church. I'm not doing it. This church is a living church because we're serving a living God. We're not talking about a God that's not here. We're talking about a living God. That's the God of our past. He's the God of our present. He's the God of our future. And He's a living God. He's alive today. In fact, when we get born again, one of the things we receive is, what do we call it? Eternal life. That's the life-giving force of God. Amen? In Him was life. In Jesus, when he, in the Word that created everything. You know, to create the entire universe, you, you better have some life. And he's got life. And that life is designed to be activated in the church through the believers, through, and not just through the preachers or the prophets or the apostles, right? And the pastor. It's, it's supposed to be through the believers. The ushers, the ushers that receive the offering are called by God to have life, to be living, a, a living thing flowing through those ushers. The worship team is not just a bunch of good musicians and singers. It's, they're supposed to have life in them. That's what flows out of, out of true worship is life comes out. And that life begins to change us today. And so we are so grateful for life today. There's a life-giving force in the house today through the word of the Lord and the power of his presence. Hallelujah. John chapter 20. Amen. I give you permission, lean over to the person next to you. If they get like a, they act like they're going to a dead church, just elbow them really good. If they don't respond on the first elbow, go ahead and get it into their ribs and stuff. Make, make sure they got it. I know I'm not going to have that issue. but John chapter 20, verse 1. We'll read a few verses here. This is after Jesus has died. Right? They put him in the tomb. But how many know, thank God, that the, the death of Jesus wasn't the end of the story. You got to keep reading the story. It said, on the first day of the week came Mary Magdalene early when it was dark. She came unto the sepulcher and she saw the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Mary went down there just to be around, come on, she went there just to be around his dead body. She was just near his dead body. But when Mary got there, she was stunned because something miraculous had already happened even though she went down there to to get around his dead body. That's the way I want this church to be. I want this church to, I want people, you know, I want religious people. That, that have never seen miracles and the power of God and faith in the, 
and, and something incredible. I want them to think they're just going to come here like any other church. They're going to come in and they're going to go through that religious motion and exercise and just, just be around the, 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 the dead body of Jesus. But I want them to come in here. I want us to be like Mary Magdalene. And when she got there, she looked and at her surprise, you know, when they put Jesus in the tomb, they put a big stone over it. They, they, they closed it off. I'm not sure if that was because they'd, they'd heard him preach that he was gonna, gonna rise again on the third day or not, but they tried to just make sure that he wasn't going anywhere, that he was going to stay in that position. And how many are grateful that Christ did, he died for our sins, but he didn't stay in that position, man. And I don't care how big the rock is that they put over the opening there, over the tomb, Jesus was able to get out. I said he was able to get out. And God's will is for the church to understand that he got out. He got out of that tomb. He got out of death. He got out of the bondage because he became sin and suffered a sacrifice and and he did die a death. He died the, the death of a guilty man even though he was not guilty. But thank God that death nor that big rock couldn't hold him down. Now here's the word this morning, man. We're partners with him. We're part of his family. I'm on his team. I'm a, I'm a member of the body of Christ. Huh? I'm a member of the body of Christ. We're part of this thing. We're part of what happens to him. And so I really believe this. That, that whatever happens to him happens to us because I'm part of his body. In fact, I'm called. You know what happened when I got saved? I, got, I became a Christian. A Christian. A, that, that word in the Greek means a, a, little, a little Christ. That doesn't mean that I am a Christ in the same exact way that he is as the maker of the world. But what it means is I'm a... I'm a part of him. I really am. So what an honor to say I'm a Christian. I'm a part of him. And so what that means is for me is that we got to know, we got to look at the, you know, religion will keep putting rocks over the hole to stop the flow of the life-giving force that the man that died wants to give to the world. Religion is like these is like the 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 Jews that didn't believe and the Romans that tried to get rid of him. They're trying to stop the that and, and say that nothing miraculous can happen. But thank God in my life, man, there was a on the 28th day of July in 1973, there was an incredible stone that was over the hole of my heart and I was dead in there. But thank God because I'm a member of Jesus Christ and his body and his family and I am a Christian and so are you. That thank God that 
that I came up out of the grave that day as well. And there is a life-giving flow that's still alive and active. Now, religious people, I'm just on religion this morning. I'm trying to knock its brains out, man. Just a religious experience. That kind of thing will stop the miracle working power of God. They, there's people that try to tell us that there's no healing anymore. I'm telling you that the stones moved away and healing's flowing out of that, out of that tomb, man. Amen. There's people that'll tell us that the gifts of the Spirit are not for today anymore. Well, they got the wrong people because we've already experienced it, man. And Mary Magdalene, when she got to that tomb, she was shocked. And uh, I just thought this morning, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I decided I'm going to shock people more than I already have in the past. I'm going to shock people because I'm going to let so much of the life-giving flow come out of that, come out of that tomb that, 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 that equal death and, uh, you know, nothing else is going to happen and I'm going to let more happen in my heart and in my life. This church is about to have a Holy Ghost spizzerankdom. You know my word. Brother Wilson's word. We're about to have a Holy Ghost spizzerankdom of miracles getting loose running around this church. Hallelujah. Somebody say amen. How many want to go? How many rather go to a church that had miracles than a church that didn't believe in them anymore? Man, I'm, I want to go to go to one where I can invite people that are sick and on beds and dying, where they can come in and they can be shocked, like Mary Magdalene was, that something. You know, I didn't. I thought church wasn't. I didn't know church was like this. I mean, I didn't when I got saved. I was shocked. The first time I went to a church, when you said church to me, I thought of, you know, in my mind, I thought of the religious church that I grew up in. Mamma Crab would dress me in a, uh, my, my little suit and tie, and Cindy'd have a little dress on, and uh, up the, street, the church was right by our house. It was a denominational church, and uh, I want you to know that it was as dead as, as that body was in that sepulcher. It was a, that's the most biblical they were. They were dead like Jesus' body after he died on the cross. All the years we went there, my dad became the chairman of the board, didn't he? He was, I mean, it was a big church. It was a, there was a lot of money there. There was a lot of influential people there. But how many know it doesn't matter if you're influential if you're dead? If the Jesus you serve is not alive and you don't know it, then you're just going to go through motions. So all the years that I went there, I never saw anybody got saved. Not one time. I never watched any. I never knew the God. I never heard the gospel preached. Never one time. The first preacher I ever heard tell me the gospel was those two guys that came to my dorm room when I was smoking weed inside my dormitory, those were the first, that's the first church I ever went to that had life, I guess. And they shared the gospel with me. I never had it in the dead thing. See, there's a difference in, in, in when, when there's life flowing. That's the kind of church we're talking about, man. 
Nobody got saved. Nobody got healed. Nobody ever got delivered. And I still went there, some, not as often, because sometimes I wasn't, I couldn't go on Sunday morning to the, to the dead church yet because I wasn't home yet <laughs> from that last night. Huh? Joe Candela was still driving me around somewhere. We, we were out. We weren't home yet, so we never, we couldn't go, we could, that was our excuse, we can't go to church, because we're not home from partying all night yet, but, but I went, I would still go to church sometimes, and when I would go to that church, I'd walk in that church, and I was, I was a serious candidate for a miracle, man. I would have been such easy picking if somebody would have just preached the gospel to me, and the power of God unto salvation. But nobody ever did. I was a candidate for deliverance and the ministry of Jesus to to be there. But it didn't happen. Because as far as those folks were concerned, that stone was still over his body. And his body was like as much as dead in there. Because they didn't let the life of Jesus flow out of them. Amen? Hallelujah. So Mary saw the stone taken away from the sepulcher. Then she ran and came to Simon Peter, to the other disciple whom Jesus loved, and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulcher, out of the tomb, and we know not where they have laid him. Notice that there was no inkling in her mind that there'd been something miraculous take place. Where have they laid him? So they might have, what she was thinking was, somebody stole his dead body, but it's still a dead body no matter where his body is. She's thinking somebody stole his dead body. Right? And we don't know where he is. Peter, therefore, verse 3, went forth, and that other disciple came to the sepulcher. And so they ran both together. How many know... Even news of the stone being moved will get you running a little bit. So they ran together and the other disciple did outrun Peter and came first to the sepulcher. He stooping down looked in and he saw the linen clothes lying there. Yet went he not in. Then comes Simon Peter following him and went into the sepulcher and saw the linen clothes lying there. Verse 7, and the napkin that was around his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, when he came first to the sepulcher, he saw and he believed. For as yet they knew, now here's, this is a powerful part of this little word this morning. For as yet... Or so far, as yet, they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. It's, now, it wasn't that they had never heard it, because he preached it. He told them. 
Here's what's going to happen to me. So if you're going to keep following me, this is what's going to happen. They're going to take me. Wicked men are going to take me. They're going to crucify me. But I'm telling you, I'm going to rise again from the dead on the third day. Hmm? He told them that. So it wasn't that they didn't know it. It says, the, the word there in the King James is they, 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 that they didn't know it, right? But the, but the Greek word there literally means they didn't understand it. I, I want to tell you today, that's what I believe. I, I believe that the church has, is lost in a fog when it comes to really understanding the miracle working power of Jesus Christ. I mean it, man. We, we've, we've heard about it, but I'm not sure we understand it. What do you got to understand? Well, I think you got to understand that Jesus is a right now God. What you, Pastor Josh's verse he, this morning, he's, he's the same yesterday. Whatever he was in the past, he still is. Whatever he was, is in the present, he's going to be. Isn't that right? And I think the church has got to understand that the miracle working Jesus that walked on the earth is not, isn't it amazing? Jesus, people think that Jesus raised from the dead, if we can get him there, but then he stopped doing miracles. Hey brother, he raised from the dead to do more miracles. His the resurrection is miraculous. Amen. He didn't raise from the dead and create the local church so the local church could stand around and look at the tomb and think all the miracles are over and dead and gone and they, there's no more miracles today. I want to tell you right now, we are all evidence that there is miracles today, that Christ is not dead, and if you'll put your faith in Him, anything is still possible in your life today for the glory of God. Hallelujah. Now, huh. let's see what it says now. For, let's read verse 9 again. For as, for as yet, or so far... They did not understand the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. Right? So when you, when you don't understand what the word says, you're going to hear what he said in a wrong way. Right? Because they didn't understand it. Then the disciples, now here's what happens in verse 10. When you don't understand what Jesus wants to do in his miracle working power, his resurrection power. Then the disciples went away again and went to their own home. That's what happens to people. They just go home just like they were because they didn't understand the word. But Mary stood at the sepulcher weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulcher. And praise God, she looked in there and saw two angels in white sitting, the one at the head and the other at the feet where the body of Jesus was lain. And they said to the woman, they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? I have had the same 
the same question in my mind about a lot of church folks. Why are we all so sad? Jesus is is risen from the dead. He's a living Jesus. He's alive in our hearts. He's going to help our family. He's going to help our kids. He's going to touch my checkbook. He's going to touch my heart. He's got a great plan for my future. He's at work in me, on me, through me, in the church, out of the church. We're going to... Now here's what's really scary to them that I'm not sure they know yet. We're about to wake up again also and not just come to a revelation that he's alive in the church. We're getting ready to take it out of the church. We're going to take it to the streets. We're going to take it to the colleges. We're going to take it to the schools. We're going to take it to the rich. We're going to take it to the poor. We're going to take the gospel every single place that we all go. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Why are you weeping? She said, because they've taken away the Lord. Verse 14. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back. Now, you remember, she came first and saw the stone. It was moved out of the way. So that was a shock. But she hadn't looked in yet. Right? Well, now she looks in. Now she sees two big angels standing there. Now she, now she turns again and saw Jesus standing there. How many know if you keep looking, you're going to run right into Jesus. You're going to look at him. Jesus is standing there. Huh? If we'll put our faith out during, a, during Holy Ghost church services, I'm telling you, we'll keep looking by into the Spirit and we'll see, if we stand here long enough, we'll see Jesus standing here. That's the kind of church I want to go to where I can look and Jesus will be standing in the church. Not just two angels. I'm glad the angels are there and I'm glad the stones moved, but Jesus is there as well. Amen. She saw Jesus standing there, but it still had a problem. Then she, but she didn't know it was Jesus. Oh my God. Is he talking about our church or this church? Is he talking about this generation or our generation? People see him, but they don't recognize him. Right? But thank God we recognize him. But she didn't know it was Jesus. Jesus said unto her, Woman, why are you weeping? That's a good question. Whom are you seeking? Who are you looking for? She's supposing him. Now here's a, this is a problem, Mary. Huh? She's supposing him to be the gardener. Listen, man, if you mistake the risen Christ for the lawn and garden guy, come on, man. Man, the church has got to wake up. We've got to see this risen Christ in the Word. We've got to see the co-working Christ. The Christ that can heal cancer. The Christ that heals COVID. The Christ that heals the sick. That, that takes 
dead men makes them alive, that takes arms that are withered and stretches them out and heals them and fixes hands and eyes and uh, and ears and tongues and, 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 and hearts. That's the Jesus we got to see. I want you to know today, Jesus is not a gardener. Huh? He's, there's so much more to him. He's a miracle worker. And she said to him, middle of verse 15, Sir, if you have borne here, taken him hence, tell me where you have laid him. See, she still doesn't get it. Where's he laying? And, and she said, and I will take him away. Jesus said unto her, Mary. How many know he knows your name? He knows your name. I've, I prayed this morning. I prayed for you that Jesus is going to blow your mind, reintroduce you to him, and he's going to use your name. Because he wants, to, he wants to work in your heart and in your life. Hallelujah. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabbi, which is to say master. Jesus said to her, touch me not, for I'm not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend to my Father and your Father, to my God and to your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she'd seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, I love this part now, This, this thing just goes together. When the doors were shut, there was a, there was a stone over the sepulcher. Now, where the disciples were, were there, the doors were shut. In other words, they weren't swung wide open. Amen? Hallelujah. The doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews. And came Jesus and stood in the midst of them and said unto them, Peace be unto you. In other words, quit worrying about anything. I am the resurrection and the life. There's not, there is no problem. That's why I'm telling you, man, this is how Sarah and I have endeavored to live for all these years. We know no matter what we face, there is nothing that's impossible to God. There, he's going he's gonna to get involved in every part of our life. Every single thing. Right? And he's going to come to us. He always comes and says, don't worry about this. Peace, man. Peace be unto you. As my Father has sent me, now I'm going to send you. And when he said, I love verse 22. Things get, more, get better as you go on. And when he had said this, he breathed on them. And said unto them, receive ye the Holy Ghost. I wish churches would, would allow him to breathe on them. Huh? Breathe on me. What do you do? Where are you going this morning? I'm going to the house of the Lord because I'm going to meet with the living Christ and I'm going to let him breathe on me again. That's what we need. 
the, the breath of God to blow through the church again. Amen? He breathed on them and said, now receive the Holy Ghost. I wish the church would receive the Holy Ghost again. Whoever sins you remit, they are remitted, and who, whosever sins you retain, they are retained. Real quick. But you know this story. But Thomas, one of the 12 called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. I've heard preachers preach that this is what will happen to you if you skip church. Thomas skipped church and Jesus walked through the wall. Huh? (laughs) Yes, he did, man. The other disciples therefore said to him, we've seen the Lord. But he said unto them, well, except I see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of his nails and thrust my hand into his side, I will not believe. You know, I've been pastoring a long time. We have, haven't we, Pastor Josh? And there's been people, we're trying to tell them what Jesus will do, and they got a good argument that they're not going to believe unless it's proven unto them. And Thomas answered, or then, sorry, verse 27, then said he to Thomas, reach forth your finger and behold my hands. Reach hither your hand, thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. Thomas answered and said unto him, my Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, because you've seen me, you have believed. But blessed are they who haven't seen, and yet they still believe. I I don't care what you've seen now yet. All you gotta we gotta just keep keep believing. You gotta stand in faith, you gotta keep believing. And many other signs truly did Jesus in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book. I love that verse. Because he's not limited to the the miracles that were written in the book. I wonder, I can't wait to get into the class when we get into glory. Amen. I want to go to the class where I hear about all the things that he did down here that weren't written in the book. And I know there was a whole lot of them. But these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that, listen to this, and and believing you might have life, life, life through His name. I really believe it's time for an awakening in the house of God for the church to wake back up again. To not allow culture to take away the miracle worker from our midst. To try to imply to us that the miracle worker is still in the tomb. He's not in the tomb. He's alive today. And he wants to do miracles. You know, it's been hard to get people together because of COVID and 
There's people that are concerned. There's people, they got different ideas about everything. And so it's been harder and harder to have, have come togethers and gatherings because I do believe you got to use wisdom on stuff. You just have to do the right things. But, but I'm believing God that very, very soon we're going to see a time where we're going to come back together and this place is going to fill up because we're going to believe in the living God again. And we're going to trust that that miracle worker is alive and he's sitting on every seat and giving us miracles for the glory of God. Somebody say amen. We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodecincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y.com.
We trust you enjoyed this message. For more information about Pastor Jim Crabb and Imago Day, please visit our website at imagodecincy.com. I-M-A-G-O-D-E-I-C-I-N-C-Y dot com. <laughs>